Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host, is on the line with us, and between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of executives to f- perform in the top 10%. You know, we always try to get cutting-edge information for you, things that will help you and your organization. And today we're extremely excited to have Chip Conley. He has a brand-new book, Emotional Equations, we just found out is the number one uh, on Amazon as far as pre-orders. It will come out tomorrow. So we have a great opportunity here, folks, to uh, hear from Chip, You know, pick his brain about what these emotional equations are. I'm excited to have him. I, I met him when we were both speaking with a company down in Mexico. And, you know, Kathy and I are so much into emotional intelligence. Well, I think Chip really is in a great place and has brought together incredible information to bring this idea of emotional intelligence to emotional fluency. And so we'll ask him about that and this whole idea of these emotional equations. So let me tell you just a little bit about uh, Chip, and then we'll bring on Kathy in just a moment. Chip Conley started his own hospitality company, Joy de Vivre, and as the CEO for two dozen years, grew it into the second largest boutique hotel company in the United States. And at the young age of 26, with no industry experience, Chip transformed this CD, what he says was a no-tell motel, into a renowned Phoenix hotel, had all kind of rock stars there, uh, David Bowie, Linda Ronstadt, Nirvana, and he expanded his collection into 35 award-winning hotels, each with a different theme, and had more than 3,000 employees. Each property uh, inspires guests to experience their, as he called, identity refreshment during their stay. Chip and his company has some time-tested techniques and transformation leadership practices. He has been featured in every major news uh, outlet from Time, USA Today, Fortune, and the Wall Street Journal. Today we're going to be talking about his uh, new book, Emotional Equations, Simple Truths for Creating Happiness Plus Success. Just as uh, out on the market today. You can pre-order it uh, by Amazon. Uh, guides readers further down the path from emotional intelligence to emotional fluency. And using math, of all things, but I think it will make a lot of sense. I've been really enjoying his book as a way to better understand and manage uh, your emotions. So we'll, go, we'll have some questions for chip and we'll bring him on in just a, a moment uh, but let me tell you about my co-host uh, Kathy Greenberg as many of you know uh, she leads executives and companies on her proven happiness 
equals profit strategies. Kathy has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. And as a speaker, she touches millions of folks also as a TV and radio media personality. Her uh, consultancy, H2C, stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People, uh, currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and also on the ABC's The Morning Blend. And she has a new web TV show called Your Happiness Now and also a brand-new iPhone app that's just about uh, being ready to be released called Your Happiness Now. Her website is www.h2cleadership.com for some of these free downloads. Kathy, welcome. Thanks, Relly. It's um, it's going to be a great show. I'm very excited to talk to Chip, so I'm not going to um, waste a lot of time talking about a lot of things that our listeners are not very interested in and focus on a lot more information I think they'd like to hear, which is about Chip, but I don't want them to miss the opportunity to know who you are as my co-host on this show every week because I think we have a great time and we have a lot to offer. So for those of you who don't know Relly Nadler, let me introduce him to you. He is a master level certified executive coach. He is a psychologist and a corporate leadership and team trainer. And Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and, of course, his development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries. You know, his highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and, of course, online news features. And his programs have become a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for free emotional intelligence iPhone apps and many downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. So, Relly, I know we have a lot to share today on the subject of Chip's new book, Emotional Equations, Simple Truths for Creating Happiness and Success, one of my favorite topics. But I really do want to, um, I guess, pick your brain for a minute on um, helping our audience understand why you and I are so focused on leadership development, why we do this show, why it's so important to us, and why we're doing it for the fourth year in a row. Well, thanks, Kathy. And I'm going to uh, keep this uh, brief so we can bring on Chip. But on Leadership Development News, we talk about uh, leaders and their development. How do they develop other folks? And the reason is is that we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. So really how the team's doing, how the organization's going. This idea that emotions are contagious, and a term that I also heard Chip use, that leaders are the emotional thermostat. We'll ask him in a moment his definition of CEO, but the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And the goal is, if you can get a couple tips from here, there's a lot of tips in, in Chip's book, how do you get people into the top 10%? If you can get your B player to be an A player, that person is going to be a lot more valuable uh, to the team. And so one of the keys, uh, when you look at how smart someone is, IQ, you look at technical expertise, you look at emotional intelligence, the key fact that allows someone to raise up in the organization is emotional intelligence. And Chip's going to be able to tell us about how do you go from not only being intelligent, but this idea of, of really being fluent in, in your emotions. 
And Kathy, maybe you could say just something about the set point, and then we'll we'll bring on Chip. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, you know, when we talk about somebody becoming fluent, there has to be a capacity, a basic capacity, for them to interpret information. And in the world of the science of happiness, where I've worked for the last oh decade, it's obvious that we do have a set point. Uh, we know that that set point um, is, in fact, uh, about 50% genetic. And that means that uh, those of us who are a glass half empty or, God bless us, a glass half full, have a higher set point um, or a lower set point for happiness factors, just like we will have for other kinds of what we would call environmental conditions that affect us. We know that that set point is really important to our overall performance. And we know that performance and job satisfaction are closely tied to happiness by more than 93%. So leaders are in some, you know, we're in for some really big surprises by learning how we can increase our set point, by learning how we can understand generational and and, um, what we might call, uh, you know, gaps in sex differences. And some of the things that we'll, we'll hopefully learn today from, uh, from Chip are how we can increase that fluency despite what our set point really is. Well, thanks, Kathy. Um, so a couple words about Chip, and then we'll, we'll bring him on. So he really, as a uh, CEO business leader, has become a preeminent thought leader at the intersection of psychology and business and a successful practitioner of emotional intelligence at work. Like I mentioned, I'm uh, reading his book now. I would really strongly recommend that to folks um, just because it really gets into more the depth about you, what are your emotions and how can you deal with them. Kathy and I like to say you have to name it to tame it. Well, Chip not only names it to tame it, he gives you a formula and allows you to kind of move forward. So I could say more and more about Chip, but Chip, let's, let's bring you on and say uh, hello, and then we'll start asking you some questions. Good morning. Or good afternoon, or, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. <laughs> it's great, great to be with you. Well, so we wanted to start off, and maybe Kathy, you can start off because we we ask these same questions initially uh, to folks just to get a little bit into your background, and then we'll ask some specific questions, mm-hmm. you know, about about your business and about the new book. Sure. Well, I would love to do that, Chip, and I would love to learn as much as we can about you during the little bit of time we have with you, and. And I guess, um, you know, after 24 years as the joie de vivre chief executive officer, I guess now you see yourself as the chief emotions officer, which I love. What leaders or people in your life have most influenced you beginning to end, um, you know, that have really taken you from where you have been in life to where you are now? Thank you. Um, first of all, I'm really honored to be with both of you. I, I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor like the two of you. <laughs> I'm uh, just a, you know, a, a day-to-day CEO who did it for two dozen years. And, and the reason I um, use the, exp- the expression chief emotions officer is, will become more obvious as, the, as our show goes on. But it, it really is because I, I, after two dozen years of doing, doing it, I really I could see in a practical way what Dan Goldman and others have spoken about for, you know, almost 20 years, which is, that the definition of success of leaders or the effectiveness of leaders quite often comes down to how they engage their people in ways that are not manipulative but are, are inspiring and um, team and they're great at team building. So, 
for me, the kinds of people who really inspire me and have, have helped me to be the leader that I am, uh, sometimes there are people from afar. There's um, Herb Kelleher, who for 37 years... Sorry about that. I don't know what that was. 37 years was the CEO of um, uh, uh, Southwest Airlines. And uh, he was uh, you know, a guy who really did everything he could to put his passion and his heart on the line every day for his people. And so from afar, I could actually watch him, and I was able to communicate with him, but never met him. Uh, he stepped down uh, as the CEO about, oh, about uh, three or four years ago. Uh, my father and my mother, though, I have to say, and as obvious as it is, the two of them probably taught me more about leadership and about how to manage in an emotionally intelligent way as possible. I turned out to be very different than my parents. My parents are relatively conservative, and um, I'm a little bit more of a, a, a go-getter, go-get-em kind of person. And uh, what I was able to see is that over time they were able to adapt based upon what their original anticipation of who I was and what I was going to do uh, in the world. They were able to adapt their perspective on me uh, based upon what I was best at. And so instead of sort of trying to fit me into a box and say, this is what you're supposed to do, they are able to, to really look at my talents and, more importantly, my passions, and usually those two are pretty well combined, uh, and they're able to, to work with those and really help encourage me to be courageous. You know, encourage, courage is a part of the word encourage. And so they gave me the courage to go out and be courageous um, about the path that I wanted to take, which was an entrepreneurial path and a very creative path. That's really exciting. And I just want to add one thing. Relly and I may have PhD after our names, but that stands for piled high and deep. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break, Chip, so don't go away. Okay. And you're listening to Leadership Development News. So let's continue to tune in and tune up your performance. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know, 
and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development we're talking with Chip Conley. His new book, Emotional Equations, available on Amazon.com. And then the website, if you want to find out more, is EmotionalEquations.com. So, Chip, we want to uh, just touch base a little bit about your organization. I know you call it uh, JDV. It's a uh, French word. I took Spanish, so I'm not so good at it. So maybe tell us about just the sure. origination of the name. And I've heard you speak about it, you know, how it is a different name, and you probably have to explain it a lot, just like I had have explain a lot just about having a different name of Relly or yes, Rel Dan. You're Relly Nadler. Um, exactly. So tell us yeah, your story it, about it. It's not the most practical name in the world, but it, you know there are very few companies in the world whose uh, mission statement is also the name of the company. And joie de vivre is a French phrase that means joy of life and very well known around the world as a sort of an expression of, you know, someone who's got a joie de vivre means that they've got sort of a bubbling, a bubbly sense of of you know a verve and a vivaciousness for life. Uh, when I was 26 and I started the company, I was at a stage in my own career where I was having a midlife crisis in my mid-20s, and I was wondering whether I was cut out for business or not. I had gone to Stanford Business School, had been a big success there, but I really felt a bit like a failure at mid, in my mid-20s, and so I decided to start a company that was about a subject that made me passionate, which was the idea of boutique hotels, which were just getting off the ground in the U.S., and I decided to call the company Joie de Vivre partly because my mission was to create joy of life, not just in my own life, but to create opportunities to celebrate the joy of life with our employees and our customers as well. And, um, you know, 25 years later, we many of our employees, we have about uh, 3,500 employees, uh, many of them wear wristbands that say, create joy. So it's sort of our mantra is to create joy in the world, and, and it's proven successful as a business strategy. So, Chip, tell us where where are your hotels located? Sure, we're headquartered in San Francisco, uh, and that's where I, you know, I started the company. We are we are the largest independent hotelier in the state of California, and we have hotels. We have about thirty four hotels around the state of California, mostly in Northern California. Just opened a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona. Opening a hotel in Chicago in a couple months called the Hotel Lincoln. 
Uh, we'll be opening some hotels on the East Coast, and we've just merged with a company called Thompson Hotels in New York City. So we, uh, Thompson has hotels all over the U.S. as well as in Toronto and London. So we're now going global as well. So, but I, but my role for 24 years was being CEO, and about a year ago I stepped down as CEO and really wanted to dedicate more of my time to what had become my new calling. It's weird when you have two, two you have, I've had two callings in my life. One was to be the founder and CEO of Joie de Vivre and create a very mission-driven, culture-driven organization uh, that could be a role model out there in the world. And, and I'm really proud of that. Um, we've had some tough times along the way, but I'm proud of what we were able to do. But that calling sort of fell, was starting to fall down in this last recession, and the calling that was coming to the forefront was this writing and speaking, which I'd been doing for about 12 years um, so this is my fourth book. And so now that's what I spend my primary time doing is, is the writing and the speaking. So with that, and I, and I heard you speak, and, and for people who are interested, you have some great um, uh, examples of your talks on TED. Mm-hmm. So if people want to get a good flavor, not only hearing you but, but seeing you, um, those, are, those are available. But so tell us a little bit about writing a book about uh, emotions and you're you're very clear saying hey look I'm not a psychologist but you're kind of a you know a, a uh, lay expert about knowing about emotions and and you know the chief emotions officer is a great way to redefine CEO so yeah. what was behind the idea of saying well I should write a book about this well let me yeah uh, this is really the tale of two downturns and two Jewish shrinks um, so <laughs> There was, uh, it, ten years ago in the dot-com bust, we were the largest hotelier in the Bay Area, and the, the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area took a big tumble. And at that time, I got really reacquainted with Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of needs and remade Joie de Vivre, my company, based upon uh, a reinterpretation of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, and we tripled in size, and I ended up writing a book called Teak, How Great Companies Get Their Mojo from Maslow. So I had some background in sort of looking at how do you apply psychological principles to a corporate environment in my role as a CEO. In this downturn, that you know, what's, what we'll, I'll call the Great Recession, uh, I was in a really different emotional space myself. In that dot-com bust, I sort of felt like a gladiator. And you mentioned emotional thermostat, which is a, a, an expression that I think, really, you put in your book before I put it in my book. So, <laughs> so I think you 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 get bragging rights on that one. Um, <laughs> okay, I, you know, we learn things from each other. Sure. So I, um, in this downturn, my emotional thermostat was set relatively low, uh, whereas in the last one, I felt like a gladiator. This time, I felt a bit like a prisoner. And I turned to uh, Viktor Frankl's book, uh, The Second Jewish Psychologist After Maslow, um, and, and started reading Man's Search for Meaning, which is a, a book that had always had some poignance and, pro- and had been profound for me. But now that I felt like a prisoner uh, in this downturn with a lot of bad stuff happening, not just to the company but to me personally, um, I, I really read it with a new pair of glasses. And I distilled that book famous book on meaning to an equation, partly because I wanted a daily mantra I could use. And that equation was despair equals suffering minus meaning. And um, if I, can I take a moment to tell you how, what that means? Yeah, yeah, please. Okay, so despair equals suffering minus meaning. Um, you know, again, some of, I'm not a math major, that's for sure. But what, I, but th- what this helped me remember was that in many ways, suffering is sort of ever-present in life. It's the first noble truth of Buddhism. And whether you're in a concentration camp like Viktor Frankl was, or whether you're feeling like a prisoner in a bad marriage, a bad job, no job, in my case, 
being CEO of a company I didn't want to be CEO anymore of, um, I was in a place where I could see that I could always focus my attention on the suffering, but the variable in life is meaning. So if the constant is suffering and meaning is the variable, if I give attention to meaning and grow the meaning, it reduces the despair. That's literally how the math works. Six equals ten minus four. If four becomes uh, seven, uh, then ten minus seven equals three, and six goes down to three. So despair goes down when meaning goes up. And so I started using that, and I, it was my way of trying to ask, what's the lesson here? What am I going to learn from this? Or most importantly, what was valuable to me was to ask was, what are the emotional muscles that I'm starting to use that will serve me greater in my life at a, la- at a later time? I used that very privately for about three or four months, and then one day at our annual management retreat with our top 80 executives in the company in November of 2008, I saw that there was a lot of suffering in the room because it was quite clear that we were going into another major recession after going through the dot-com bust a few years earlier. So I just try, instead of giving the speech, the rah-rah cheerleading speech I was supposed to give, I threw it away, and I just said, I want to I talk to you about my uh, favorite equation that I'm using in my life, and I saw, talked about despair equals suffering minus meaning, which is an odd thing for a CEO to do. But that level of vulnerability and authenticity led to a lot of teary eyes and an awful lot of people sort of coming forward and saying, you know, gosh, this is what I'm going through. And, and that opportunity for people to express themselves uh, was what I call psychohygiene, a phrase from Maslow, um, that said basically when you're going through the worst of times, you, know, you need to take a shower together. <laughs> Most organizations don't. And the form of taking a shower together is just getting authentic, being vulnerable, and in my case being the CEO talking about it. After the speech, a few people came up to me and said, well, gosh, do you have an equation for jealousy? Or how about for anxiety or maybe happiness? So I started thinking, well, maybe I'm onto something here with this uh. equation because they're very memorable. They're easy to remember. They're easy to text and tweet. And they're... So I, started, I spent the next two years going out and studying a, uh, a collection of emotions with some of the world's psychology luminaries. That's fascinating. And it, you know, it does really bring down to earth right, for the average person, what they're doing. Because most people would say, um, you know, depression is created when someone's reality is out of sync with their expectations and what's happening to them at that point in time. And when you make it so simple for people, right, it's so much easier for them to get it than to be um, trapped in their own uh, mental and emotional struggle, right? So when you can put it into a formula or explain to somebody, well, depression is coming from the fact that you have expectations about what reality really is and, and they're not in sync, or to say to somebody, your despair will decrease when you find meaning, right? That's yep. so helpful to people. That, that gives them a breath it gives them an opportunity to take a break from the pain. So that, that is very powerful, Jim. Well, Viktor Frankl once wrote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. And I think that's the, you know, one of the key lessons of emotional intelligence and what I would call emotional affluency, which I'll probably talk about after the break, is that um, we can respond to life as opposed to react to it. Right. And the, when we are reacting to things, we tend to be using 
that amygdala, that you know, that sort of caveman part of our brain. And uh, you know, Dr. Matt Lieberman at UCLA has proven that when we are making decisions from that part of our brain, we're, we have uh, or a few less uh, IQ points. Uh, in fact, Belly, you and I talked about that too. Yeah, <laughs> we, we've yeah, answered well, that. Yeah, Let me just make a, make a comment um, just about this idea where I said earlier. You know, you have to name it to tame it, and this is really comes from from AA. And when you think about you know Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, one of the programs around the world has probably changed more people than anything. It's been AA. And, and so one of the ideas, and I think behind your emotional equations, is that name entertainment. And I know even in corporations, I use that a lot, you know, when we talk about emotions. And so having the equations are so cool. And then the other thing you mentioned about uh, Victor Franco, I've, I heard that, you know, stimulus response and the courage, uh, really from Covey. Now I know he probably got it. From uh, <laughs> he got Victor, Frankel. Victor Frankel, so that Frankel was pretty may have interesting. Got it from somebody else too. <laughs> well, I think we're going to take a quick break, so don't go away. We are having an exciting conversation with a terrific CEO who, who we will just call Chip for the moment. His book is Emotional Equations: Simple Truths for Creating Happiness and Success. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Great, great. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and practices of the top performers. We're talking to a top performer CEO and also uh, Chip Conley, who new book, Emotional Equations, is out. And what I really appreciate, Chip, and uh, what you did and just in general, anybody who can integrate a lot of different ideas and, and theories and put them into uh, context. You've done a phenomenal job just reading your book and all the notes at the back. Um, people will expand their reading list. Um, once they see, see your book. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to highlight one thing, and I think this idea of creating some new terms, emotional intelligence to emotional fluency. You know, at first I said, oh, wait, is he creating something new? And, and uh, you know, and, and felt a little twinge because I'm, I'm married to emotional intelligence. Yes. But I really, really like it. And maybe yeah. you can speak about this idea of emotional fluency. Sure. I mean, I, my, my intent here was... <laughs> Sometimes because I come from a business background, people will think, well, it's just marketing jargon. And it's not meant to be that. I mean, certainly the chief emotions officer CEO thing is, is, is that, although it's really, I think, quite, quite on, right on. There's a difference, I think, between being intelligent about something and being fluent about it. When you're intelligent about it, uh, let's use the language. Let's say you, look, you, know, you know the French language and you know it well. You understand its origins. You understand the dialects of different parts in the world and different parts of France. And yet, if you go to Paris and try to get get by on the street corner with a, a shop, you know, at a shop, with your all of your intelligence, if you don't have fluency, where it, which really comes from a more intuitive place and a more, uh, it's more of a gut level way of how you actually. It's like the difference between watching someone dance and understanding great dance moves, and then going out and dancing. So, to me, the difference between emotional intelligence, which I believe, you know, it really came from academia, and I have all the respect in the world for all the different people, not just Dan Goldman. He was only one of many who sort of helped to create emotional intelligence as as an important issue in the business world. I, I do believe that as a practitioner of emotional intelligence on a daily basis, uh, as a CEO for 24 years, I had to learn how to be fluent in my own personal emotions, which is the first step of the four steps of, of Dan Goldman's um, emotional intelligence. But I had to take it a step, I had to take it a bunch further than that. And the, the way I took it further was to really dissect these emotions and understand them and then live them and even understand where they were uh, showing up in my body. And so sometimes the fluency for me is literally knowing that when I'm feeling something that's in my throat, I know it's one of a certain collection of emotions. If it's in my gut, it's something else. If it's in my shoulders, it's usually something else. And so the fluency for me is actually the holistic ability to understand your emotions on such a intuitive level that you respond not with intelligence but with fluency. And and when you're in, when you're coming from a fluency place, it actually feels a lot more natural. Doesn't mean that there's not some education that has to go go into becoming fluent. Just like you learn a language, you have to go out and spend the time to learn the language. Um, so that's been my experience, and I have you know been fortunate that people like Dan Goldman have been 
big champions of me and my book, and so and they and he sort of gets what I'm talking about. So that it, you know, I don't I don't think that it, there's going to be a whole new movement about, around emotional fluency. I think it'll see, be seen as a subset of emotional mm-hmm. intelligence. So, Chip, can you talk a little bit about some of these emotional equations that you have in the book? Yeah, they're fascinating. Well, there are about, there's 18, there are 18 that are profiled in the book, um, and I'll, we'll only have time for a few here today, and people can go to emotionalequations.com to learn more about the book and more about some of the other equations. Uh, the one I'd like to bring out next is one that I think is so relevant to the times we're living in. Um, one of the things I've learned as I've spent time studying emotions with everybody from Mahali Csikszentmihalyi, studying flow with him to Barry Schwartz around regret and disappointment is that the when we're living through what we would consider externally chaotic times, when the world is externally chaotic, we look for internal logic because otherwise that external chaos sort of just is mirrored internally. Now, a lot of people use that, use you know, fundamentalism, religious or political fundamentalism, or a variety of other ways to sort of try to, to find that. And in the 1930s, we saw that in the form of Nazism and a lot of things. But we also saw in the 1930s, we saw a lot of people like Norman Vincent Peale and Dale Carnegie and Napoleon Hill and the Serenity Prayer from Reinhold Niebuhr um, all come about during that era. So I think we're in a similar era now. This is the sort of the 30s all over again. And the, the emotion that I think is most prevalent in the United States, especially in organizations, is anxiety. So the most contagious emotion in most companies is anxiety and fear. So there are two primary components of anxiety. There's what you don't know and what you can't control. And so the equation for anxiety is anxiety equals uncertainty times, not plus because they're combustible, anxiety times powerlessness. So when the two come together and they're both high, it makes it even worse. So what do you do with that? So if you know that that what you don't know, which is uncertainty, uh, I'm sorry, which is, yeah, which is uncertainty, and what you can't control, which is powerlessness, when you know those are the ingredients, um, the, rec- the thing that I've recommended to people and I've done in my company with leaders and in three or four other companies like CBS is we've put together an anxiety balance sheet. So think of the thing that's making you anxious. Uh, it could be that you're going to lose your job. So then put together four columns. Column one is what do you know? Column two is what you don't you know. Column three is what can you influence. Column four is what can't you influence. The first two columns relate to uncertainty. The second two columns relate to powerlessness. Uh, Could you just say those columns again? Okay, so column one is what do you know. Column two is what don't you know. Those relate to certainty or uncertainty. Column three is what uh, can you influence. And column four is what can't you influence. And those relate to the powerlessness. So you, let's say it's, I'm, I'm worried I'm going to lose my job. Okay, so you go ahead and start making a list under each one of those columns around anything related to that subject. Uh, and what you'll find, you give yourself 15 minutes. I mean, we can't do it right now, but give yourself enough time so you can get a bunch of things down on paper. Then look at how many items you have under each column. And, you know, the thing that's been most surprising to me is that when people do this, 75 to 80% of the people who've done it with me have actually found that they have more items under columns one and three, which would be considered the good columns, what you do know and what you can influence, than uh, under columns two and four. 
So when we're in a place of anxiety, we do tend to fixate on the things in two and four without recognizing that there are things in one and three that are actually positives. But then you can also take it a step further and look at column two and say, what is it that I don't know? Well, you may, if it's related to your job, you may say, well, I don't know what my, my boss is thinking. Maybe my boss is already planning on firing me and he's just figuring out, you know, what the plan is. So then the question you might ask yourself is, well, should I talk to my boss? Why don't I just ask my boss, is my job in jeopardy or are there going to be some layoffs? Now, you might think, oh, God, I don't want to ask that because I don't want to know. But there's a famous study that was done years ago um, where people were, were given the opportunity, a psychology experiment, people were given the opportunity to either get a really, really painful electric shock now or to get a half as painful electric shock sometime in the next 24 hours, but you wouldn't know when it was coming. Sort of, it would come randomly. And the majority of people chose to have the more painful shock, double the, pa- the pain, now. And it's because uncertainty and powerlessness, anxiety in essence, is more painful. That mental pain is more, more painful for most people than the physical pain. And they want to get it out of the way. So if you're a leader, what this means is if you have bad news to give and you think it's going to get out at some point, give it. You know, make sure you've got it well-crafted in terms of what you're going to say, but give it as soon as possible because letting it just sort of fester creates anxiety in, organiza- in an organization, and anxiety is contagious. So, um, so the, this equation and, the, the, and these four parts to the balance sheet are a way for people to really get a, some level of control over something that quite often feels out of control, which is anxiety. One of the things that's, that's great about this goes back to what we said earlier, Chip, is really giving people a something to focus on um, that's going to be more empowering. And, and you know from the some of the same brain neuroscientists that you've interviewed, we've interviewed, you know, and how do you uh, change the brain? It's around attention and focus. So what are you attending to? What are you focusing on? And a lot of times with leaders, we really try to get them to be very conscious about what are they attending to, what are they focusing on, because without realizing it, they're attending and focusing to all the wrong things, speaking about it, and making everybody more anxious. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, the, the thing that, that Matt Lieberman was able to show, and I'll just t- t- say that for a moment, is he, he showed that when people actually even just speak the emotion they're feeling and they just sort of bring it to the surface yeah. as opposed to having it be unconscious, um, it allowed them to make better decisions. Now, he wasn't even taking it as far as saying, okay, don't just tell yourself what the emotion is. Understand, in my case, I'm saying well, you use an equation to help solve it. But just the fact that we get conscious about what the emotion is helps to take us back to that prefrontal yeah. cortex of our, part of our brain, which is where we tend to get a little bit more rational and reasoning. Now, this doesn't mean, let me just say one last thing on this too. It doesn't mean that we are all like Spock on Star Trek. <laughs> we actually have to have emotions. We should allow emotions to move through us. In fact, even the word emotion means to move in Latin. So an emotion is supposed to move through us, and we're not supposed to labor over it just in our brain. Um, you know, if you're feeling love for someone, you don't just sort of create an equation and you know wait five years to tell them that. No, we're supposed to actually allow these emotions to work through through us. What we're trying to do here is to move away from the reaction, the re- because we tend to be uh, very reactive about our emotions, and that can actually be dangerous. All right, I, th- I just heard a the sound that we're going to go to a, a break. We're talking with Chip Conley. Um, go to Amazon.com. You can get his new book, Emotional Equations, and we'll be right back for our, our last segment. 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a very exciting conversation perhaps an emotionally fluent conversation with Steve Connolly about his wonderful number one Amazon book, Emotional Equations, Simple Truths for Creating Happiness and Success. So, Chip, we were going to um, come back to a little bit about your trip to Bhutan, how that stimulated your brain around the whole idea of happiness, and um, kind of wrap up here with some ideas that you have about the whole issue of the science of happiness in life. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'm thrilled to be on the phone with uh, on the call with you, uh, Kathy. Given your work in the area, I, I, I it was interesting. I mentioned earlier that I'd given this talk to my senior managers and uh, introduced the despair equals suffering minus meaning equation. 
when they came, when people came forward and asked for other equations, one of the questions, uh, equations that people asked for was, is there a happiness equation? And I figured, well, if I've done despair, I guess I might as well go do happiness now. <laughs> and the place I decided to go to start my studying of happiness was Bhutan. Um, uh, there was a country 40 years ago where the 17-year-old Buddhist king said, why is it that we study GDP and why don't we study gross national happiness? Um, and for 40 years, they've, along with the United Nations, they've been actually studying the conditions that create happiness. Then there, there are a lot of other places in the world that I think have surpassed them now, uh, both in terms of happiness scores, but also the technology of creating you know, policies that make happiness. But what I learned in Bhutan and what I learned from talking with a lot of other experts, including uh, Sonia Lubomirsky, um, who I really liked a lot, um, in Southern California, who wrote the book, The How of Happiness, uh, was that the equation that spoke to me around this comes from uh, Rabbi Hyman Schachtel, who back in the uh, 1954 wrote a book called, I don't remember the name of the book, but his, his quote was, happiness is not about having what you want, it's about wanting what you have. So the equation is happiness equals wanting what you have divided by having what you want. Now, that's sort of a bit of a mind teaser, especially if you're not seeing it on paper, you're just hearing me say it. So let me break it down for you. In the numerator, in the top of that equation, it's a, it's a division equation. So in the top of the equation, which is called the numerator, it's about wanting what you have. So what, what does it mean to want what you have? It means that you are practicing gratitude. You appreciate what you have. When you appreciate what you have, you have a tendency to feel good about it, and, and then you maybe feel some gratitude about it, and maybe you even practice gratitude and express it to someone. That's in the numerator. In the denominator is having what you want, which sounds exactly the same, but it's not. Wanting what you have divided by having what you want. To have what you want means to pursue something that is interesting to you. Um, and I like to call this pursuing gratification. In fact, I, a simpler way to put this is happiness equals practicing gratitude divided by pursuing gratification. Now, we live in America. Uh, in the Declaration of Independence is, the, is our pursuit of happiness. Uh, and so it's one of the really things that makes the United States different. We're a very resourceful, energetic, um, aggressive place, type A kind of place where we go out and pursue what we want. But if you look in the dictionary, some dictionaries, and under the, the, uh, under the, the definition of pursuit, you see the, wor- the, the definition of to chase with hostility. <laughs> So do we pursue happiness by chasing it with hostility? I think sometimes we do. And that's what they call the hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill is when we get on that treadmill of life and whatever we've accomplished, in my case, as we were laughing on the break, uh, you know, my book made it to the you know, number one on Amazon today. Wow. I, so that's great. Now I want to be number one on New York Times bestseller list. And now, you know, and now I want to be – so you, whatever you've gotten – somehow gets discounted. In fact, this is why marriages sometimes go wrong. You know, a, a year after you've you know, married your husband or your wife, they don't look quite as good. And it's not because they've gained weight or anything. It's just because, you know, you've sort of a- attained something. And some people in life are more focused on that, the attainment, than they are the appreciation of what they've got. So if there's a, some key lessons in it, they're the following. It doesn't mean we shouldn't pursue things in life. In fact, the fact of going out and pursuing something that gives you a great sense of flow or purpose is part, one of the you know one of the things that fuels us in life but we can't lose track of what's in the numerator to want what we have to pr- to practice 
uh, gratitude. And there's lots of ways you can do it. You can do it by having a gratitude journal. You can do it by uh, making, in my case, as the CEO of the company, I had a, a rule that every day I had to give two heartfelt, face-to-face, paragraph-long um, expressions of gratitude to somebody in the company. And it was just a habit. You know, I had to do it. I, you know, it was initially it was a little bit hard, and then over time it was like something I loved doing. And I realized how happy I was by just practicing that gratitude. Well, Chip, that's not an accident because research has shown that when we are, in fact, in a place of showing and demonstrating gratitude and appreciation on a regular basis, we do increase the stimulation in parts of the brain that make us feel good. It's like an endorphin being released when we exercise. And our empathy will grow, I'm sure as you know, both of you, our empathy will grow when this part of the brain is stimulated, so it makes us more emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and overall, to your point, emotionally fluent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's, what's, what's great about the fact that we're doing happiness research and that since 1998 um, the psychology profession has been studying in a much more deep and meaningful way positive psychology is that we're, you know, we're not, looking at worst practices anymore. This is why Abraham Maslow was so fascinating to me and my company uh, 10 years ago, is that, you know, the psychology profession, there's a great uh, quote that you've probably heard of, but you didn't even know it was Maslow. And he said, if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. And he said that to the psychology profession in the 1940s because he said that psychologists and psychology as 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 a field had a tendency to look at worst practices, not best practices in human behavior. So I think the fact that we're focusing on happiness and positive psychology and understanding what creates flourish, you know, a life of flourishing and thriving and positivity is a good thing to do. The, the thing we have to be careful about it, uh, with, uh, about it, and I talk about this in my chapter on positivity and thriving, is that just imagining something and just purely having positive vibes in the world um, isn't enough. I mean, you, ha- you do have to take steps and you do have to actually change some of your emotional state for things to happen. It can't just be, you know, just purely changing your mind. Uh, that's my opinion. Um, and uh, so sometimes people, sometimes things, it's just, a, it's just a matter of reading some new age book that's going to all of a sudden change their life. And, it, you know, there's a lot of work and, and, and effort that has to go into making shifts and changing your habits as well. Well, Chip, I love hearing what you're saying because I think sometimes this, this idea of the law of attraction and all that, all you have to do is, is uh, put it in your mind, but I think you're in reinforcing it's the action, 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 action that needs to be done. So yeah. we're just down to the last minute or, or two, and emotionalequations.com is where you can get the book. Any kind of uh, next steps for you? It sounds like you're going to be promoting this, and do you, do you see yourself doing more seminars training or just talk speaking about it? Or You know, I, I, fortunately I've got an organization called, it's called, if you go to peakorganizations.com, peakorganizations.com, you'll see a, a group of people I work with who go out and do a lot of the training related to my Maslow work and, and the, the, the work around that, as well as now they'll be doing some of the work on emotional equations too. My primary thing I, I like to do, I love to go out and talk. And, and give you know give conversations and have conversations with people and so that's the primary thing I'll be doing uh, in 2012 related to the book Emotional Equations. Well, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to uh, be here, and I want to give it a strong recommendation just because um, I've been getting into the advanced copy and knowing about emotional intelligence. I really do think it's advancing the field 
you know, going back to what we said about naming it to taming it and giving some formulas and really reducing people's anxiety, but then also giving them a, a focus of what they need to do to move forward. And like you said, uh, Chip, it's not easy. This is some deep stuff that most folks want to take the easy way out. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's, it's been a thrill to be uh, I'm really thrilled that I could start my week hanging out with the two of you talking about this because uh, you, you, you're sort of like, uh, this is like the ultimate happiness habitat. <laughs> <laughs> you're terrific. Thank you. You've been listening right. to Chip Conley talking Thanks about so emotional equations, simple truths for creating happiness and success. Don't forget to continue to tune in, to tune up your performance every week with Leadership Development News. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.